In this episode, we will talk a little bit about stories relating to prayer and what we can learn from those. The first story I will tell is quite famous and you've probably heard it. Second one, maybe. But the third one, I don't think you have heard it. This is the Baha'i Stories Shortcast. In each episode, we tell a story or two and then reflect on what we can learn from these stories. The stories are from Baha'i sources, but our reflections are purely our personal understanding. Let's start. So the first story is about when Abdul Baha was in New York. There was an ardent Baha'i there that Abdul Baha told that if he wanted to learn how to pray, he should visit the master at dawn the day after. Abdullah told him basically, come and visit me and I will teach you to pray. So of course you can imagine that this certain Baha'i was very, very happy and he arose very early in the morning, 4 a.m. it is said, crossed the city to arrive by 6 o'clock to get his lesson. Can you imagine the excitement? So when he came to Abdul Baha, he saw that Abdul Baha was already praying. Abdul Baha had kneeled by the side of the bed and was praying. So this gentleman followed suit. He placed himself directly across. And as he saw, Abdul Baha was quite lost in his own reverent prayer. This gentleman began to silently say a few prayers. He said prayers for his friends, for his family. He even went on to say prayers for kings and rulers of Europe. After a while, he had said all the prayers he knew, so he repeated them two times, three times. But still, Abdul Baha was still in deep prayer. After having said every prayer he knew for two or three or four or multiple times, some time had passed by and his body started becoming a bit uncomfortable. Some numbness was felt. His knee was a bit sensitive and his back was not in the best of shapes. Becoming a bit distracted, he started looking around in the room. As he was looking around, he suddenly saw Abdul Baha. Suddenly, this gentleman had the feeling that he wanted to pray like that. Selfish desires, he forgot about them. Sorrow, conflict, even his immediate surrounding completely faded away. Now he was conscious of one thing and one thing only. This desire, this passionate desire to draw near to God. So he closed his eyes and set everything in the world aside. He started to pray with an eagerness, with joy. He felt like he was cleansed by humility and who was filled with a new kind of peace. This is how Abdul Baha taught him to pray. And after a while, when Abdul Baha had finished his prayer, he told, Abdul Baha told this man, when you wish to pray, you must first know that you are standing in the presence of the Almighty. 
So this is a commonly known story. And reflecting on this one, it struck me how many times we go around waiting for somebody to instruct us, waiting for somebody to tell us how to do something. We're thinking, how can I be more generous? And we're looking at the writings where it's calling us to be more generous. And we're thinking, but how can I be more generous? And we're looking for instructions, guidelines. We're th looking for clear instructions or step-by-step -step methods for becoming more generous, more helpful, more just, more spiritual. And looking at this story, one way to understand this is that maybe the answer is right in front of us, but we're just not looking at it. We're not seeing it because we're waiting for something to be delivered to us. And this guy had the same situation. He went to Abdu'l-Baha and he waited for Abdu'l-Baha to finish his prayers and then teach him how to pray. But during this process, well, it took him an hour or so, he suddenly realized that just observing and learning how to pray was the way Abdu'l-Baha was teaching him how to pray. So maybe when we approach history of the faith, maybe when we see these different stories about the lives of early believers or even better of Abdu'l-Baha's life, we should take that approach and ask ourselves, what does this teach me? Rather than becoming a bit more passive and waiting for instructions, or even if we actively look for help, not look for instructions, but see what we can learn from different examples of the history of the faith or stories of how Abdu'l-Baha behaved or treated or said we should feel in different situations. Now this brings me to the second story. So one day a woman came to Abdu'l-Baha and this woman had many sorrows. She told her story to Abdu'l-Baha and Abdu'l-Baha very calmly told her to don't be sad now, don't be sad. But this woman who wasn't the Baha'i it seems, explained that her brother had been in prison for three years and he shouldn't even be there because it wasn't his fault. Her brother had apparently been weak and followed others and he would be in prison for four more years. She was saying that her mother and father are full of sorrows all the time. She said that her brother-in-law used to take care of them, but he just passed away. So Abdu'l-Baha listening could see this whole human story. He could see that there was a family that were experiencing very difficult situations. They were pro-poor, they were weak, and they were of course very sad. And as if there was no hope anymore. So Abdu'l-Baha tells this woman, you must trust in God. And this woman responds that the more I trust, the worse things become. Now in a very surprised turn of things, Abdu'l-Baha says, you have never trusted. 
Then the woman says, but my mother is reading the Bible all the time. She was saying that she doesn't deserve that God should leave her so helpless. And she said that I read the Bible myself. I say the 91st Psalm and the 23rd Psalm every night before I go to bed. I pray too. And interestingly enough, one of these Psalms is the one that we see and hear in sometimes in the movies, which goes, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Abdu'l-Baha, listening very patiently to her, looked at her and lovingly said, To pray is not to read the Bible. To pray is to trust in God and accept His will. You must be patient and accept the will of God. Then things will change for you. Put your family in God's hand. Trust in God and love his will. And then Abdullah said something that I personally very much like. Strong ships are not conquered by the sea. They ride the waves. Now be a strong ship, not a battered one. And this story brings me to what we talked about, about the first story. So in the first story, we want to know how can I become better at praying? How can I become more generous? And we're waiting for some kind of instruction rather than looking for the answer that is right in front of us. We kind of miss those opportunities if we don't have this mindset that we should look rather than wait for instruction. Now the second story here I feel is the same thing because what happens when we are facing difficulties and challenges? We kind of pray to God to remove them. When we say the prayer, is there any remover of difficulties save God? Say, praised be God, he is God. All are his servants and all abide by his bidding. And somewhere down, deep down, maybe we have this wish that, please remove this difficulty for me. So the mentality or the perspective is the same. I'm, I'm waiting for somebody to remove this for me. I am waiting for somebody to give me instructions as how to become more just or courteous or generous. But what if it's the other way around? I mean, in the first sentence we say, is there any remover of difficulties save God? Well, clearly, no, right? It's only God who can remove our difficulties and he chooses not to. He chooses to let this difficulty be and not just remove it. So what does that tell us? Maybe that does tell us that our perspective in saying that prayer should not be that I am suffering, please remove this suffering. But maybe it should be, help me trust in you. Help me accept your will so I can become that strong ship that ride the waves and not a battered one. So that brings us to the third story, which is not that commonly, or at least I have not heard it many times, or, or it was a surprise to me when I read it. 
So one day, Abdul Baha went to an area in Tiberias. At dinner time, there was a Jewish man who approached and watched Abdul Baha eating. So Abdul Baha invited him to join, but this Jewish man refused. Abdul Baha understood that his this man was of Jewish faith. So Abdul Baha asked what kind of food would be kosher? And Abdul Baha asked, if it's kosher, will you eat? And this gentleman asked that, yes, the bread is kosher, I can have that. The sugar and the lemon juice, yes. But the egg, he had to boil it himself. So Abdul Baha took a pan and boiled uh, and prepared water so this man could boil the egg himself and then join. Now as they were conversing and there was a fire there, well, literally a fireside there, Abdul Ba asked him if he had a home to rent out for a while. This man said yes, that he actually lived in a place where the top floor could be rented out. So they came to an agreement that Abdul Baha would rent the top floor of this gentleman's house. So during the time that Abdul Baha was staying in this house, in the mornings, this gentleman, this Jew of man of Jewish faith, would come upstairs and read the Torah. Now during, re during his reading of the Torah, he would fidget and read the verses very quickly. So one day, Abdul Baha said to him, I want to ask you a question. Would it be preferable for someone to read one of the prayers of His Holiness David with deep attention or read several prayers quickly and thoughtlessly? <laughs> so the Jewish man responds, of course, reading more is better. You know, quantity over quality. And then Abdul Bar responded, Leave, let me give you an example. Suppose a poor man goes to the king and with utmost courtesy and brevity asks the king for help. Is this better? Or if he keeps saying, give, 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 give. Of course, the king will say, throw this wretched man out of here. <laughs> so the Jewish man very much liked this example and laughed a great deal at it. And Abdul Baha comments that this man understood my meaning. And this brings us to, so in the first story we relate to that we shouldn't just maybe sit and passively wait or when we're reading to quotations or the writings just look for how can i become more spiritual but rather start looking and actively becoming attentive to all the stories and the writings that are there and ask ourselves how can this apply to me in becoming more spiritual and in the second story we talked about that the switch or the shift in perspective that I'm not asking God to remove my difficulty because he is the remover of difficulties and if he chooses not to remove it then there is a lesson for me to learn the third story can it indicate as to how our attitude should be 
maybe it's not about reading the same prayer 200 times quickly and effectively, efficiently in that sense, but rather to read it with deep sincerity, deep meaning, with brevity and utmost respect.